0: And I'm really excited about uh, today. We're going to talk a little bit about be gentle, gentleness, because we've been going through tasty series of fruit of the spirit, and then we have an opportunity to pray for all our students that are going back to school tomorrow. It's over, yeah. right? And then we're going to go ahead and have our kids come up. We're going to pray for our kids in the back and pray for them, and also I need to pray for some teachers for some strength and some anointing. Yeah. Amen. And we're going to do all that, and we're going to do a a uh, missions offering. All right, so I don't know how we're going to do it. No, we're going to get it all done. So let's get and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 29. I have a new microphone. I can have my Bible in my hand. Praise the Lord. I can handle it in my hand and, and move the pages. Someone should be moving their pages right about now. If you have your smartphone, you ought to be moving your smartphone. If you don't have a Bible, you need to get one, but you can look on the screen. We ready? Be gentle. Is the name of this message. Matthew eleven, verse twenty eight and twenty nine. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all who labor or are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is Jesus speaking to the folks that he's ministering to. And there's a quote that I like from Max Licato. He's one of my um, one of the writers I love. He says, I choose gentleness. Nothing is won by force. I choose to be gentle. If I raise my voice, may it be only in praise. If I clench my fists, may it only be in prayer. If I make a demand, make it only, may it only be of myself. And that's Max Licato talking about gentleness. This is a calling that Jesus is telling all those, his audience, who are heavy laden, who are burdened by sin. In his days, burdened by religious religion and religion and rules and laws and people so bogged down. And I look at this. Jesus said, this is what I call the greatest exchange. Come, take, learn. Come, take, learn. I call that the daily exchange because if you don't come every day to Jesus, you don't take of his yoke and you don't learn. You walk out the door and you take and you come into the world. You take up his burdens and you learn how to fall away from God. This is an everyday thing. And it says to equal that rest. How many can use some Rest. And he's saying, take what I have, and you will enter into perfect rest. I want to explain a couple things to you. When he's talking about this, he's talking about gentleness. He says, I am gentle, and I'm lowly in heart. I'm gentle because I know how to teach without condemning you. I'm humble, so I won't try to speak over you. I'm just going to speak into you. And I'm lonely, and you can take what I have, and you can learn. Gentleness is a strong hand with a soft touch. It's a tender, compassionate approach toward others' weaknesses and limitations. I had a coach, basketball coach, and all my job was to rebound. And I was a good offensive and defensive rebounder. And occasionally, I got a little bored with that. I wanted to be like a like a Magic Johnson and pass the ball, or when I got a rebound, my job was to put it back up in the hoop. Well, I wanted to dribble a little bit, and a couple of times I dribble, and he knew when I dribble, it will get stolen. And then the first time I did, he goes like this. It's okay, so I'm, I get away with it. <laughs> This is a great play. I'm going to, I get stolen. The guy takes it full court and hits, puts it in the basket. Some things I do to you young guys right now. <laughs> anyway, yeah, <laughs> you don't talk about it now. Anyway, one thing he did, he came over, he said, <laughs> he said, Rich, you're one of the greatest rebounders I've ever seen. You're good. When you're on your game, when you control the boards, we always win. You're the best. And I'm like, "Wow, that's cool, but you're stupid." <laughs> Get in there and play the way, and to play the I want you to play the way I described you. Now, how do you think I took that? It was great because what he did, if you ever grew up in my, my age, when you were sick, your mother said the only remedy, I don't care what you had, was castor oil. <laughs> castor oil would solve any problem. You have a finger hurts, take some castor oil. Now, I don't know if it worked. I know it was clean from the inside out. But then they make you put a little orange juice with it, make it a little sweet. But you know, because you took it, it, you took it, it was, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they tell you, don't you throw that up, boy. If you, I'll, you know, I'll whip you and make you pick it back up. How do you do that, Mom? Anyway, that's a new one. <laughs> but what was good for me was the castor oil. Did I particularly need it? Yes. It was terrible to take, but it was so awesome that I was healed. When my coach told me to straighten up, first he talked into my potential. Then he talked into the problem. And then he lifted me up to my potential. When I'm talking about gentleness in the kingdom of God, it's not about Seeing people in rampant, what it is I call you, sin, okay? A lot of times we misdiagnose what the the problem is, and the kingdom of God is called sin. Anything that's not of God is sin, okay? When we misdiagnose the problem, we definitely misdiagnose the treatment. And the treatment is more Jesus. The gospel is the treatment. But we call it issues. You'll never get healed. We call it a disease, some of a real disease, like the world calls it. You'll never get healed. We misdiagnose it, so we have misdiagnosed treatment. But he's talking about those who are heavy laden with sin coming into his presence and those who are heavy loaded by religion, the ones who go ahead and give you the point, will touch your problem before they touch your potential. That's what the Pharisees did. They talked to the problem. Loser, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to. Do, he says, "Come." They said, "Do." Gentleman says, "Come, learn. Come, take, and learn." When I talk about the Bible, guys, and I'm not anybody, that's kind of that can be kind of um, talking about the law so much. No, I'm trying to tell you, if you want to have rest, it rests in here, in the Bible, in God's presence. When I read that every single day, I gotta come in the morning. I gotta take of His yoke, and then I gotta learn from Him. Because if I don't, I go out in the I go out in society, and I get beat up, I get overtaken, I get wiped out, and then I'm supposed to get up and be holy. But I gotta do the same thing you do, get in His Word, so I have some rest. Because I get up, my mind is rolling. What needs to be done? How am I going to do it? How am I going to make this day? And I come, I take, I learn. And Jesus teaches me. Pastor Sammy said it right. The only way you're going to do that is you surrender. Because if you don't, you come in every Sunday heavily bound by sin and heavily bound by religion. And you're beat up before you even get here. And you wonder who's acute, and we're going to get into that story. What is wrong with me? You've been taking the wrong yoke. You've been learning from the wrong people. And you definitely haven't come to Jesus. Y'all feel me? And that's what it's about. Come, take, learn. Come, take, and learn results in rest. It results in rest. Next thing, Jesus' yoke of discipleship brings rest through a simple commitment to him. The yoke of discipleship. A lot of us don't like discipleship. We hate it. But I love discipleship because they get to see things people see in my life that I don't see. It's like when you go to the metal detector. Now, the new ones, you guys, you go put your hands up and the x-ray thing goes around. That's pretty cool. Well, I forgot to take my wallet out the last time I did it. And he took me around, took it around, and they said, oh my gosh. I said, what happened? I don't have a bomb, man, I don't have a bomb, you know. <laughs> so, he takes me to the side, he says, Mr. Brown, he says, you uh, you got something in your pocket. Oh, my wallet. Man, I'm sorry. He said, well, I gotta check some more. And he says, they're patting you down. And they doing that thing, yeah, yeah. And you're hoping they don't make any noise, because I don't wanna go to jail, bro, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I don't believe people forget to have they have guns in their pocket. They want to, you know. But anyway, you doing all that stuff. You know, that's what discipleship is. You didn't know you had racism until you get your hands up and it spins around. You didn't know you had bitterness in your heart till you put your hands up and it spins you around. And then you need someone. You need Jesus to pat you down. You did not know you're so religious until he gets up there and spins you around. He needs to pat you down. That's what discipleship is. Getting to the core. And Jesus is going to, here's what he said. Come, take, and learn. I'm going to teach you. All you got to do is follow. Because otherwise, you're going to be heavy laden and burdened, aren't you? Some of you students, tomorrow you're already thinking, man, they give me that syllabus. I'm in bad shape. I used to say, I had great aspirations as a student. Still am. I took that syllabus. Yeah, I'm going to knock it out, man, real quick. And I didn't touch it. And to the left, I had to. Then I'm praying God, man, come on, give me the answers. You know, I didn't do it, I procrastinated. And I worried about it so much. And then he said, If you just plan ahead, I'll teach you how to study. And I'll teach you not to not cram for a test, but to pass a test. Because I took up a lot of stuff, I just forgot about it. Anyway, that's what he's talking about. His yoke. Jesus is gentle. It's about law, and we'll talk about that. Let's go to Galatians 6.1. See what Paul says. I See, I love babies when they say amen. Amen. That's it, man. Thank you. Keep saying. You keep on speaking. Keep on praising the Lord. Keep me going. I'll preach for two hours. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Everybody says, no, you're not. Anyway, (laughs) brother, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you are who are spiritual. Write that down. You who are spiritual shall restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch of yourself, lest you too be tempted. He's talking about don't you think that you won't get caught up in what someone else is. The word, he says, There's a word that should restore him. That when anyone's overtaken, it says when you're caught, someone is overtaken by an incident, overtaken by sin. He says for us as believers, we're the ones that should have the grace and restore them. And he talks about restoring. It means to mend, In the Greek, it also means to set back in order. It's like if you have, I I had chronic dislocations of my shoulder. And boy, did that hurt when it popped out. And everyone run up to me. I got to put it back in. No, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. But then they said, just sit down, be still. They were gentle. But then they took that arm. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) I love kids. It means to mend what we do. We mend. We set it back in order. We set people back in order. We don't religiously do that. We lovely do that by love. We set it back in order. A spirit and power believer has a spirit of gentleness and love. Why, check it out. A legalist has an attitude of pride and condemnation. When they're legal, you got pride and you're walking in condemnation. Think that'll never happen to me. You better believe it will. I'm not going to help them. You need to help them. Because people have sin in their lives. People who got born again yesterday have not been automatically transformed on the outside. Inside instantly, but they got to go ahead and be perfected on the outside. And we need to have grace for those folks. Not be lawyers not accuse, what happens is we walk on accusations and fables. We accuse people, and we don't have the truth. And here's my favorite saying, if you make sure I get it right, whatever you call the attention of others, you're called the fix. If you notice a brother and sister who's struggling in something or in their lives, got sin in their lives, guess what? you come alongside in discipleship and help them And restore them versus criticize them. Because religion kills you. It will kill you. And in the kingdom of God, guys, we can't even rest on yesterday's glory. Because God's ever changing all the time. I love that. God is not static. He's always moving. And what happens is we bring yesterday's news into something new today. You, You blow it all up. And you don't even know what you did yesterday was even right. But you criticize everyone else? Hey, they're not right. I know the answer, really. I wish I don't say that. I know what I know today. And I don't know, might be something new tomorrow. Probably will be, as long as I'm in his word. Gentleness restores and religion exploits. Gentleness restores, religion exploits. restoration, not about exploiting people, especially in Paul's talking to the people in the church not outside the church, we don't get along from inside the church we criticize each other do you raise hands? No do you dance? No I don't, if you don't dance you're a loser if you cry, you're weak come on now and you gotta run this church kind of music you want i want this i want that i want this i want that i want this you need more jesus Amen. and we criticize each other and that's why this is a unique place when people come in i tell them here's the thing we're going to show you what we do do a guy called us on this rock to do love you you want to join okay I don't go on Walmart and tell Walmart how to change the aisles. I'm a shopper. Hey, you know, Walmart, put that milk up front because it's too far to walk. They'll look at me like, yes, sir, you better keep on walking. (laughs) Know why? Because there's a strategy to that. They put it in the back so you'll pick up everything else on the way, cookies and everything else. Can I be real with you? We have a strategy here. We do have a strategy. Just keep on walking. Or you ain't going to get no milk. We went, here we make disciples. We don't know how to do nothing else. We don't want to do nothing else but make disciples. And we want to win people to Jesus. And we want to be very influential with people. And we don't want to scare people off. We want to love people into the kingdom. Come on, somebody. So anything else, it's not important, unless it's going to be about discipleship. That was my commercial. All right. Don't know why I went there. Oh, because we got new people. All right. Here's one of my lines I love. We must never forget that we have a past and people have a future. When we don't walk in gentleness, we forget that we have a past and we forget that they have a future. So when I see people, I talk into the potential, not the problem. Jesus didn't talk into the problem. Think about it. Those 12 guys he walked around with, they had pretty a lot of issues. He didn't spend three years pointing them out. He taught them a new way of going. They came, they took, and they learned. What do you think a disciple is? A learner. A learner. Do you learn from Jesus. He's not going to criticize you. Now, truth hurts. Law points me to sin. Grace cleans it up. If I didn't have the law, I wouldn't know I was a loser sometime. But I got grace, and he's always perfecting me. Without the other, it shouldn't be any difference. You can't be critical because you got to remember, you have a past too. And you know, I noticed the people with the most sin in their lives criticize the most those outside of them. It's easy to criticize and and judge people by your intention, but you haven't done anything. Look at a quick story here John chapter 8, one of my favorite stories. It's a lady that got caught in adultery, and Jesus came into the temple teaching in the temple and the Pharisees and the Sadducees try to trip him up all the time about the law and grace and they they brought this lady said hey this woman caught in adultery and they're just asking him for an answer it's good it's verses 1 through 11 you get a chance to read it in fact let's read it I got a minute how many like to read your Bibles? Yeah. Come on, let's go there. Then going to tell you some things. Verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes of Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the adultery and placed her in the midst. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in an act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They, they, this they said to him, to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down, wrote with his finger on the ground, and they continued to ask him. He stood up and said to him, to them, let him who has his, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down, wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one. Beginning with the older ones, and if you look at the word "older ones" in the in the in the Greek and Hebrew, that means the most experienced one, the one who knew the most. And Jesus left alone with a woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, "Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you?" She said, "No one, Lord." And Jesus said, "Neither do I condemn you. Go from now on and sin no more." It's an encounter with Jesus, and it's a counter of law and grace. It's the collision of law and grace. What the, what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were saying was true. If you look it up and you can look and do your studies at home, Leviticus 20.10, Deuteronomy 22.22 22, talks about if anyone's caught in adultery, you stone them. You take them outside the gate and you kill them, the man and the woman. So I don't know where the guy was. Maybe his wife already took him out. Because in my house, it's about the Old Testament, about the New Testament. I'm going one way. Right, honey? That's it. <laughs> Two ways, natural or assisted. <laughs> so you don't play that. So ain't, there's no grace. Grace lasts a whole minute before I'm taken out. So y'all, y'all think, you know, I'm not going to make that mistake. That's why he probably didn't show up. They couldn't find him. What was I? Okay. <laughs> And then Deuteronomy 17, 7 says the accusers, one or two witnesses, throw the stone. You're allowed to throw the stone. So they were right. But the attitude was off. And I love Jesus. He's such a, he is just a master of apologetics and everything else. He judged the judges. He used the word on them. Okay, those without sin. Throw the stone. Got to the heart, the conscience. Can I say something, church? Those without stones, without sin, we show grace. See, law and grace don't compete with one another. They complement each other. Because it's got to be a conviction before there's a conversion. So anyway, he's hard. He's no. It's going to be a conviction. Jesus will bring you to a conviction before you is a conversion. So they work together. But I love our, our Lord and Savior about all about grace. Now he'll convict you, but here's the thing: you're going to have to not just say it; you're going to have to live it. See, repentance, yeah, change the way you're thinking means you change the way you're walking. And a lot of people don't like conviction, don't like repentance, because now you're liable for the truth. But when you give people the truth, they make the decision, yes, I'm walking that way, no, they're not. And then you keep continue praying for them. But there's no separation. They work together. Jesus was full of grace and truth. And Jesus forgives. He does not condemn. This woman was going horrendous times. They chick- They pulled her out. If Jesus made the answer stone her, he said he's all about the law. If he negated that answer and said, hey, don't do anything, he's not about, he's not, he's not about anything. He's a fake. So what did he do? He put it back on their hearts. Okay, you're perfect. Throw it. Okay, now we know everything is going crazy in our world today. When people see you, do you give them fruit? or you throw a rock. Because every time we criticize and beat someone up because they either live together or they don't know nothing yet or what's going on. Now, I'm not, I'm not excusing that. I give people truth. I don't approve of it. But I'm going to give you grace to work it out. But do I throw rocks or do I throw fruit? And gentleness is a fruit. A lot of what people experiencing now is A rock. I'll throw a rock at you. The world throws rocks at us and we throw the rock right back at them. It shouldn't have been no debate about Chick-fil-A. We keep our mouths shut. The guy spoke. It's done. We throw rocks back at the world. Things do think going to change. Jesus didn't throw rocks. He threw grace. He threw gentleness. What happens? Those men that accuse him remind me of one guy Nay, Satan, who accuses you, Bible says, day and night. And he'll throw rocks at your past. That's good because it's dead. He'll throw rocks at you. He'll mess you up all week. If you don't come and you don't learn, you don't take, I mean, take and learn. Satan's going to pick up a rock and accuse you to God, accuse you to people, and to the point you're not around any longer. Because someone said, if I go, you ever hear people say, if I go to church, the ceiling might fall down. Who said that? <laughs> Our God, again, he holds the water in place. If he wanted to get rid of us. he get rid of us. But he chose to give us love peace, joy, gentleness. When people bite out of you, is the fruit they're getting or is rocks? And some of you look like you've been buried on some rocks because he's good at it. You missed a turn or you missed a spot. I love when I was a rebounder, the reason why I had so many rebounds is because it was a missed shot. That I means someone took a shot and you missed it. You know what sin means? Someone who missed the mark. Do you know who rebounded for us when we missed the mark? The greatest rebounder in history, Jesus Christ. How about you? Been feeling like someone throwing rocks at you? Some of you are going to start a new class tomorrow and you're thinking, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Some of you parents, I'm not, I, I stink as a parent. Nothing's going right. I don't do anything right. Well, who told you that? Who do you think told you that? He's throwing rocks at you. Jesus says, I'm going to throw some gentleness at you. And the goodness of God leads me to repentance. Now, you might have did those things. But last time I checked, it was covered under the blood. Every eye closed.